Welcome to the Oddsbreakers, your number one place for shared, sharp betting information. Welcome back to Podcast 66 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBTF. Follow the Oddsbreakers. Follow us on social media slash the Oddsbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by BetRivers.com. For a 100% sign-up bonus, please visit BetRivers. Use the promo code ODDS22. Terms, conditions, location, apply. And obviously, you can support the Oddsbreakers by visiting our website. Pick any premium capper to get their premium plays before the line moves. My friends... I am on vacation, as you can say from this backdrop right here, but I still wanted to bring you a great show today and one of the best, if not the best, handicapper that I know, Mr. Las Vegas Chris, is going to come on and help us a little bit with some of his thoughts on NFL Week 5. We have a huge show today. I'm also going to go into some college football right after Chris is done and uh, ended up with an actual teaser play that we're going to give to you as well. So let's get started here. Without further ado, I'm going to bring in Mr. Las Vegas, Chris. Chris, thank you so much for coming on our show today. We have Las Vegas, Chris, and Chris is a contest expert as well as an NFL expert. I'm really happy to come on and uh, I'm not in the States, my man. I am uh, I'm, I'm a little bit by the ocean here. I'm kind of hoping people can see the backdrop here. How are you doing? I'm doing this show under protest. I find it uh, completely uh, offensive that you take a vacation during football season. There's there's really no excuse for it, frankly. There isn't. Um, I got outvoted, as I do every year, during uh, fall break. And to either have the kids screaming at me at home or uh, next to the ocean. I, I We usually pick the ocean here. But uh, I'm doing the best I can. I can appreciate what you said. Uh, doing it on protest. It, does, it is a distraction, but that's why you're here to help us out here and uh, see if we can uh, get through some of these very difficult times uh, in the NFL. It's uh, a very interesting week. We had a lot of injuries last week, Chris, and uh, I got Dos Equis right here, so I'm actually, uh, uh, when in Rome, uh, living in the moment, my man. <laughs> so uh, what's been going on on your side of the fence for the NFL? I'm just excited. The, uh, the the season started off well, 20 and 12. And uh, this is my favorite week of the season when the model starts to kick in and become reliable. So uh, life, you know, I chart my record every week uh, for all the years that I have been doing it. And uh, I'm lifetime 60% week five. So hoping for similar or better results uh, this coming week. Lots of plays. Awesome, awesome stuff. That's good to hear. And I see you got your Hawaiian shirt on. I, I I swear to God, I tried to find one because it would have fit a little bit better. And this is the closest thing I got, but it's it's probably more of a pirate shirt, actually. But there's some flowers on that uh, if, if you dig deep and, and, and look better. But uh, <laughs> really glad that you're off to a great start here in the NFL. And we have a huge slate coming on, starting out with a very interesting game in Denver. We have the Denver Broncos hosting the Indianapolis Colts. And I got to tell you, this Colts team has started off bad again this year. But this spread, as you can see, there's a lot of threes. There's some three and a halves here, Chris. Um, I feel that there's going to be a buy point on the Colts. And I don't know if it's this week or not, but I think three and a half is too high. Denver was a little bit exposed last week against a very motivated 
Raiders team. Um, I kind of thought that uh, when they played the Niners, it was a little bit fraudulent because Jimmy Garoppolo was terrible that game. I'm going to lean towards the Colts here just because there's some upside with them. I know Jonathan Taylor is now going to miss this game, but I like Naheem Hines. Um, I, I just think this is a get-up get spot for them. So uh, that's kind of the thought that I put into this one without knowing everything about the injuries. Do you have anything for the Thursday night game? Um, I don't think you could convince me to place a wager on this game. Uh, obviously, Indianapolis is missing players again. They're a big disappointment. Um, but if you look at their schedule, they can salvage their season pretty easily. Uh, they've got an easier road ahead of them than Tennessee does. But, uh, you know, now they've got to watch out for Jacksonville. And, and frankly, if all things being equal, I'd probably lean pretty heavily toward Jacksonville being able to win this division. I'm not a believer in Tennessee and the Colts. The wheels are falling off the bus with uh, Ryan. I, I mean, I thought he was done already, and I kind of – drink the Kool-Aid that, that other people were talking about and saying that uh, he was going to be resurrected again and uh, just disappointing over there. But no, I, I can't play this game. My metrics come out to that this line should have been a four. So uh, it's not enough variance for me to get involved. I, I just don't have an interest in the game. Denver does have a very good home field advantage up there and mile high. So yeah, good to hear that uh, that's where you're at. And three and a half to three is probably a dead area when your numbers are at four. And I will tell you this, Jacksonville, like you said, was a pretty popular, almost like a trendy pick to win. I don't think a lot of people did get there. I think some people did. I went with Peterson as coach of the year, which was a much bigger payout. So I'm kind of hoping that if, if Jacksonville sniffs the playoffs here, that thing could possibly come through for us yeah it, i i actually uh uh i actually bet the jacksonville alternate line uh a little bit higher than the real line because i thought if they, they were either going to do pretty darn good pretty darn well or we'd see just a little bit of a better version than we saw last year so right now it's too early to tell for sure but they've only played one home game and they're two and two but uh, you know, you put aside the last half of last week's game and they've looked pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It was Lawrence that gave away that game so close to the cover. One of my losses last week, uh, how do you fumble the ball? And it turns it over four times. It's like, uh, just get half those fumbles back and we cover that thing if they don't win outright. But I, I feel that Lawrence gave it away, but Jacksonville is a very good team and we will get to that game. But the next one on the docket is the Giants versus the Packers, rotation 451, 452. Packers about eight, eight and a half here, most books, unless there's teaser protection. Like we know about all those books, uh, you know, giving out nine plus money. Um, my problem with the Packers, Chris, when they're laying big numbers, unless it's against the Bears, it was kind of, it's kind of like how it worked out last week. They That pick six really hurt them last week. Um they play slow. So they play to win the game. Aaron Rodgers is very good if he needs to win the game to get him in position to do it. But it's almost like they play so methodically, it's hard for them to get bigger margin. I mean, that's my feeling with this. And the Giants are a terrible team. My number is around nine and a half personally on this game. 
so it's right in the dead zone for me. But maybe you have something a little bit better than I do for the Packers versus the Giants. Well, I'm looking at the board and it says eight to eight and a half, and my numbers come in at 8.09 and 8.25. So, um, uh, won't be anything in this game for me. I agree with what you know, Green Bay has no choice but to, uh, you know, play slow and methodic. Uh, you know, with the rookies that are in there and the unfamiliarity, Rodgers doesn't feel comfortable yet. Uh, it, it's, you know, an easier way to just, you know, keep the game in hand and, and, and avoid falling behind. So uh, it, it's a good strategy. Minnesota's been the uh, – um, uh, oh, no, it's the they're playing the Giants. Giants, geez, this Galladay, what a horrible pickup. I was so happy that the Lions didn't sign him, and I've said it for two years. The guy will never stay healthy, and he doesn't, and now he's unhappy there. Uh, you've got a horrible quarterback situation there. I think I uh, the uh, the receivers are not getting the ball. Uh, I believe I was listening to earlier, and uh, that's a concern. Um, I I'm not a believer in these Giants. I, I you know I went through each division, each team yesterday, and I I was kind of cautiously optimistic about the Giants, but I just think they're going to wallow in mediocrity at, at the very best. Um, some predicted, uh, you know, quite a jump, but uh, we're not going to see it. They're they're like twenty third in offense and defense, so very mediocre uh, so far. Yeah, I agree with that. That's uh, they are mediocre. I mean, they're not the worst team in my power rings, but they're not that far from the worst team. I think they're number twenty five. Yeah, that's where I have them ranked. So worse. Yeah, I've got them at 24. You know, Green Bay's probably a good teaser leg. Everybody and their grandmother's doing Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Um, I haven't played any teasers. Teasers have been a big loser this year so far. So um, cautiously uh, treading those. Yeah, I I looked at them for a teaser as well. I might get there, but I'm not there yet. I'm going to see where this kind of closes out. And where uh, it looks like Daniel Jones is practicing today too, so maybe maybe the line goes down a little bit, and you get a minus one on your teaser rather than a minus one and a half, rather than a minus two and a half too. So keep we'll keep looking at that one. Let's move on to the next one: Steelers versus Bills, and the Bills fourteen across the board, pretty much seeing right here. Um, this is a uh, interesting game, being that the Bills coming off a really hard fought game against Baltimore. It was a frustrating game. For me, because um, I, I made a bet on the Bills at the three. It went up to four. I should have bought back probably, but um, and it settled at three for a lot of reasons. But um, it, they're sitting there on the one-yard line with about almost two minutes left, and you know they could have scored a touchdown. Instead, they get that yard for a, a first down and just ran the clock off and kick it, which is what you're supposed to do, and I've won many bets that way. But, um, the, I mean, the Bills are very powerful, and my number says to probably lay off. I'm at 15.5 on this. Being that's 14, there's really no value for me. Um, it, it's a massive spread in the NFL. I hate laying double digits early in the year. So maybe you have something a little bit better for me on this uh, on this game with so, uh, where it's at. Well, the, the the Bills are fighting a lot of injuries and. Uh... They don't. They haven't looked their normal self. Uh, obviously, they came out game one very strong, and uh, 
I, I felt like I was going to have to be eating crow when I said at the beginning of the season that I anticipated uh, Buffalo to finally have some obstacles uh, this season at some point. And uh, sure enough, they're fighting the injury bug. Uh, this is a strange game because it's a look-ahead game. Uh, Buffalo's got an important game next week. Um, it's easy to overlook this Pittsburgh team. And uh, the, the what's really bad is when you've got the players already saying, well, this is going to be a rebuilding year, and it's uh, week four. So uh, that's not a good sign for Pittsburgh. I expected more out of Pittsburgh. Trubisky, I'm 100% wrong on. The guy's a disaster. Might as well go with Pickett. You know, I, I think he's going to make some great plays, and I think he's going to follow some stuff up. So it's going to be interesting. It prob- probably leads to more scoring. Um, what is the total in that game? It's 46 and a half, Chris. And to be honest with you, I didn't upgrade the Steelers at all for the Pickett move. I think they might even they, – they could be even a little bit worse or more erratic. Um, he might force some throws against a ball hawking defense. That's where that margin could come from. So I'm not touching the game, but yeah. The- no, I, I you can't change the uh, the the value, but uh, as far as the metrics go, uh, 14 is very short, believe it or not. Um, and I, I speak to other people that uh, use similar models, and uh, you know, it, it's it's a full touchdown short, believe it or not. But like oh, wow. uh, previously mentioned, it's a look ahead game. Uh, you've got a new unknown quarterback. Um, you've got a lot of injuries with Buffalo. Uh, it, it just seems like it's a stay away sort of situation. But uh, I, I know people are worried about double digit favorites in the NFL, and, and I stayed away from them for years. Uh, they were just automatically omitted. But there hasn't been a year since 2015. Every single year, double digit favorites have won at a higher rate than 57%. So it's never fallen below 57% since the change in rules and the, the extra points. That's pretty significant. So you, you can't just arbitrarily say I'm not going to play double-digit favorites. Well, that's interesting. Um, that's a great number, 57% for double-digit favorites over the past few years. So something to keep in mind. Yeah, this, the Steelers' defense is like Swiss cheese to me, especially without T.J. Watts. So you can definitely see margin happening if needed to make it a very comfortable victory for the Bills. Let's move on to the Dolphins versus the Jets. The Jets are fa- are our dogs, home dogs by about three points. The Dolphins already announced Teddy Bridgewater is going to be starting this game. Uh, total on this game, I have 46. Um, seems a little high for a Teddy Bridgewater game, to be completely honest with you. But then again, the Jets are so erratic. They give away a lot of turnovers with Wilson there, and I don't think there's much of a difference between when Flacco and Wilson changed up either. I was on the Jets last week just because I was fading Pittsburgh. I wish I used them in more areas with the Jets because I was right about that one. But um, the Dolphins I have is a pretty strong team, and you wonder if they had nine days to kind of give Bridgewater a little bit more of a, I guess, a start to the game, a nice little uh, you know play set. A lot, of, a lot of quarterbacks come out strong when they're not just because of the scheme that they're getting from the coach. But, you know, then you worry about them a little bit later when they're just kind of calling random plays. So um, my number on this game is more of a closer to two, actually. Let's see here. Oh, no, no, sorry. My number on this game is 
five and a half. I have the Dolphins favored five and a half. What are your thoughts? What I don't like is when you have a young quarterback like Zach Wilson running his mouth. I think that really works. Uh, I I didn't hear his exact comments, but uh, I heard some commentary that he was, you know, chirping and anticipated having a good, you know, great game. And I don't know what, what he said exactly, but not, not a good move, so to speak. Uh, I'm sort of a believer in Miami. I, you know, Jets have been, you know, fortunate to be where they are. Two and two is good for them. Um, Miami, I, you know, Bridgewater's fine because he's got, he's not going to make those dumb mistakes. I mean, he's not going to throw the ball downfield uh, and, and laid up the scoreboard, but he's also, what's really important when you've got a reserve quarterback in is just don't make any mistakes, leave it to the defense, leave it to the running backs and, uh, you know, short dump off passes and then play it safe. And, and Miami could find some success with that. Uh, the, uh, jets are kind of, uh, let's see where they're sitting here. Yeah. They're certainly a lot better than last year statistically so far, but we're only, you know, through the first quartile. And I really thought Miami would be rated higher in my rankings and they're not. So they're not doing, uh, I think that uh, they're they're, they're a little flashy and and maybe getting a little bit too much benefit of the doubt. I think this game's going to be closer than people think. Okay. I have, I downgraded about three and a half points from Tua to Bridgewater for now. I wasn't sure exactly how to make that. Um, I, I know Teddy B is a, a, a capable backup. I didn't like what I saw last week, of course, but um, the Jets could be meddling. But I think what you said when you hit it on the nail with Zach Wilson running his mouth, what are you doing, kid? I mean, you're giving complete uh, power to your other team and motivation to – you know, play complete 100% against this team. You know, when, when you hear stuff, players will get up for that game and play every play extremely hard to be get, the, get a big win and try to embarrass somebody. So that is definitely concerning for Jets fans or Jets backers here, not touching the Jets side. Haven't decided on the Miami side. Let's move on to Atlanta versus Tampa Bay. And this is going to be – an interesting game because you have a lot of noise in the marketplace on Tom Brady. I guess they hired divorce attorneys from what you hear. I mean, I, I know how that is when you go through relationships. Yeah, I've been through many of them and it can be very taxing on the mind. Tom Brady seems to be above that. I think that would have happened already, but it's just hard to play them as a big favorite against a pretty scrappy Atlanta team. But I'll tell you this, after losing two games in a row like they did, you almost feel like you're. this is a spot for Tampa to get a max effort. My power number is 11 and a half because I'm not high in the Falcons like the market is. Um, and then uh, I my algorithm is seven just because of how poor Tampa's been when they are injured. So the algorithm doesn't factor in, um, you know, obviously the injuries they dealt with. So um, I, I guess that would put it somewhere in the middle. What are your thoughts? Um, I, you know, he does seem to be handling this divorce situation amazingly well. He's playing fine, uh, but it's, you know, it's a struggle when you're missing your receivers and your offensive line is, is, uh, uh, injured and, uh, you 
changing out centers. Uh, you've got a new co new coach. Um, no, you don't have a new coach. Yeah, you do have a new coach. Um, yeah, Daniels. And uh, um, I, I just think Tampa Bay was due for a letdown. I just don't see they were a top three defense last year. They're, you know, trending at the bottom 10, uh, bottom of the top 10 with the, what I have in the mat this year so far. And offensively, they're, uh, they're way down there. They're, uh, you know, not even the top half of the league so far. So I do anticipate that they'll pick that up. And Atlanta, you know, could be the perfect team to do that uh, against. Uh, yeah. Atlanta's been a, a, an amazing surprise so far. Uh, and as long as Mariota stays healthy, which I don't anticipate he will, uh, it, it keeps them going. Uh, they're not using – I think Pitt is uh, Pitts is practicing, so um, it, it'd be nice to get him involved in that uh, uh, that offense for Atlanta, especially with uh, Patterson out. Is his name Patterson or Peterson? Patterson. Or, yeah, okay. uh, Patterson play, uh, played with, um, I believe, the Bears for a little bit too. Um, so – so he's damaged goods. <laughs> yeah, he actually has performed very well for this team, Cordero Patterson. And it's uh, he, he's been banged up, though. And it, the spot says Tampa, uh, but you're right. The Atlanta's putting up 25.8 points a game. Tampa's putting up 20.5. There's something wrong there. But the more healthier they get, the more Brady-like they get. This will be a popular teaser, um, like people say. And I just think that, Atlanta might be a little bit fraudulent, but I've, I've been wrong before. It just seems like, uh, you know, you get in this situation, and I'll use Kansas City as an example. Uh, last year, I believe it was, where, uh, you know, I wrote up the game and I said, it, it, you know, teams like Tampa Bay and uh, Kansas City, uh, are, they scare you. Buffalo, uh, it's – it's scary because you know that they can possibly break out and just make you feel like an idiot for taking the other side. And I said it about Kansas city last year, at some point you have to stop uh, with what your perception of a team is. Uh, and at some point a team is what their stats say they are. Uh, so you can't sit there and live betting in fear and what ifs yeah, you know, if, if you have some sort of numbers that you're working off of and you can see what the situation really is, uh, that can make you feel better about the, these situations. You can notice how certain times uh, lines are overinflated uh, and you're getting a little extra value just out of that fear concept. So um, it, it's a tough game. It is because my brain says Tampa Bay, you know, Atlanta do for regression and Tampa Bay could just annihilate them. Uh, and then another part of me says Atlanta's feisty and uh, they're, you know, at least back tour uh, ready. I, I have the same feeling and great comparison. Kansas City is the same thing. They'll have that one game where they keep just scoring and scoring, make you feel dumb. And then they'll have a game where they're dropping some easy team. It's just very interesting stuff in the dynamics here. Trying to predict creatively or creatively. Uh, where to bet these teams. It's so interesting. And that really part of sports betting, that's more of an art. Let's move on to the next game. Seattle Seahawks versus the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints are about a minus five, minus five and a half. Uh, the total of this game is 48. 
no, sorry, the total on this game is pretty low, I think, on this one. I can't find the game total. Uh, 46. So with this game, Chris, you know, Geno Smith has surprised me a bit. And, uh, you know, he looked really great against a bad defense last week. But at the same time, the Saints have a decent defense. I'm not sure who's starting at quarterback yet. I, this is this line says pass at five and a half to me until we get more information. Well, uh, Geno Smith has the all-time highest uh, passing completion rate at 77% after four games. He's got an excellent QBR. Uh, he, you know, he's done it for four games. You have to kind of respect that. And, and there is a history of backup quarterbacks riding the bench for years and you know, when they get their chance, they've learned, you know, they've, they've, you know, evolved, uh, you know, their mental expectations of themselves and uh, they get a better perspective on uh, what being a quarterback is really about. And sometimes you do get these backups that all of a sudden surprise you and, and can make some really nice runs. He's very athletic. He's, he's making the smart moves. He's not making dumb mistakes. And I don't anticipate that all of a sudden he's going to become a moron again. So you have to kind of respect that. The Saints obviously are, are stumbling. Uh, they're they're underachieving uh, considerably. Where do I have them? I mean, geez, kind of surprised how low I have them rated. So um, certainly a difficult position with them coming back from a another ridiculous loss. They have two losses that were just stolen uh, from them by referees. You know, Tampa Bay, they would have won that game, and then Lattimore gets kicked out, and then they had a bad yeah, phantom pass interference call against them. And then we know last week there were two straight penalties on the Saints that shouldn't have been called that uh, allowed Minnesota to score that uh, that go-ahead touchdown. So uh, there, it just seems like they've got a dark cloud over them. We don't know who the hell is going to be playing, uh, you know, uh, is Camarion, is Thomason, uh, is Winston in? Um, you know, it, it's always something with this team. You've got the new coach and that's kind of an issue also. Uh, it, you know, it's a shame because Dalton was very serviceable last week and, uh, um, I don't know whether he's rejuvenated or not, but I, you know, when he was in Dallas and Chicago, I thought he'd be fine when, when the starting quarterbacks went out and he didn't do well. So he kind of had to write him off, but. Uh, he did okay yesterday or uh, last week, so uh, we'll just have to see. It's a it's a it's a crazy wacky game. There's a lot of people on Seattle, uh, and there's some people that have, you know, it's, it's the Saints are their favorite bet of the season so far. So uh, two way action in that game. All right, I'm not touching until I find out more information, and I might not touch it even then. I, I don't even know how to rate Winston anymore with the way he is. They had that game. And they were screwed on penalties there, and then Winston gave away the spread, the cover. We had the cover at least. Winston gave it away. It was tough. Texans versus Jaguars. <laughs> Jaguars getting a lot of respect, minus seven. You know, what's funny about the, the Jaguars, I've been on them a lot, I think every week until, in, including last week when they finally lost. But this is a division game, and the Texans can be a little feisty. I have them as my worst team with the Bears, to be honest with you, and um, the, the Washington commanders are right next to them as well. But, you know, in saying that the Jaguars are prone to 
turning the ball over so far and they're laying a big massive spread at home and i remember last year when the jaguars visited the texans they got their ass kicked so you wonder if the texans are kind of like this team is one we can beat let's you know rally the troops it's a big spread for a team that's not usually laying points so that's what scares me a little bit i'm guessing the jaguars are going to be a big teaser leg for some people i I don't like teasing this game. I see I see a blowout or them losing outright. What are your thoughts? Well, I, you know, I kind of had higher hopes for Houston uh, this season, and uh, I just thought that they could be feisty. But you know, Lovey Smith strikes again. I, uh, you know, they're doing okay despite him. Frankly, I expect you know, there's a lot of veterans on that team trying to stay in the league and play hard and do well. Um, you know, they have, you know, a few uh, positive attributes to their offense now. And, uh, you know, you know, most recently it hasn't gone well, but uh, they have the potential to do well. And surprisingly enough, I don't have Houston in the bottom five offensively or defensively. So huh. that in itself, uh, you know, tells you I don't have them as a bottom five team. So, I'm not dismissing them in the least. And I think that they can show up. Uh, the thing with Jacksonville, you know, you're talking about the rain. Things just kind of fell apart on the road. Uh, first year head coach, young quarterback uh, that didn't fare well in rain in college. Uh, you know what? I'm giving them a pass on that because they still rank very highly. And, uh, I'm a believer. I, I, I think that they can do it. And, uh, you know, they get their second home game of the season, some home cooking, uh, some better weather. And I and, and as you mentioned last time, Houston beat them. So maybe they'll have that in their minds and uh, uh, put a little extra effort in. But I, I laid the seven. I like minus seven in this game. I don't love it, but the metrics have this, uh, you know, as value and and I'm going to ride with the metrics even though I know Houston can backdoor this and this game could be a you know a cluster mess my metrics have it 11 um and my power ratings have this as a lot lower five that's why I didn't play it I was trying to I was way between it maybe I need to up Jacksonville a little bit more um if that's where I'm at so I, I usually later in the year, um, it's a lot more metric based. Um, but right now it's just, there's been some easy strength of schedules. So I'm not quite perfect yet on that, but interesting. I'm glad that you let us know that you laid the seven. That sounds like a play. So thank you for that. Let's move on to the next game. And we have the Titans versus the commanders. The commanders are home dogs, but it's not at three. It's two and a half. The Titans, little road chalk at minus two and a half. When I see a plus two and a half in the NFL lately, Chris, I almost think it's the right side. I mean, it's it seems to be that the commanders are in the same situation as the Raiders were last week. Of course, the Raiders are a better team, but the Raiders put one on the Broncos. They, they couldn't stop. The, they were everywhere. This, this team was just every single play playing 100%. After that coaching uh meeting that they had it, it fired them up so they played out of their minds I, th I said that the Raiders could beat any team that day but the commanders they're one and three Ron Revere 
is not the nicest coach in the world. I can't imagine him not doing the same thing with this team. Now the commanders are very banged up on the offensive line, a little bit on the defensive line. That's they've been sucking in the trenches, and that's where they've been getting beat. But they have skill at their receiver positions. The Titans are banged up all over the place. And I thought that was just more Matt Ryan losing last week than the Titans win. I thought the Titans and quarterback Tannehill did well enough to beat them only due to Matt Ryan's mistakes and the coach coach just being the Colts, man. I'm close to laying, I'm close to taking the dog here just based upon the spot. But of course, you know, just looking at how bad Washington did, I have this a four point spread. So they should be four according to my power ratings, Chris. Um, and I can pull up my algorithm and I have that as my algorithm has it closer to pick them, to be honest with you. So what do you got in this one? Uh, my numbers say, say the exact same thing uh, on the pick them. You know, Washington has, I kind of expected them to uh, make a little bit of noise. They were the forgotten, unspoken uh, team offseason that nobody really talked about at all. And people forget that uh, they played the toughest schedule in the NFL last year, at least the top three. Uh, the previous year, they had a really good defense, and they they seem to have added a lot of good parts since then. So I thought that they would fare better. And obviously, after four games, they're not. And uh, I, I don't know what the problem is there, but – it doesn't look like it's going to turn around uh, anytime soon, but it could. And Tennessee, I, I just don't see why people think very much of Tennessee. Uh, they were never once in my top 10 in metrics, not a single week last season. They ended up with the number one seed by a miracle, uh, but flamed out. Uh, they're, they're really bad on metrics so far this season. Uh, it, embarrassingly bad. They're not anywhere close to an average team at this point uh, based on what they've done. But I, I can't take a side on either one of these, uh, uh, the, these teams, uh, you know, it's, a, it's not even a good game. <laughs> I don't know. Well, this goes to your rule, Chris, when two shitty teams play each other, you bet the ball, bet the dog, take the points. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I leaned very slightly toward uh, Washington just because I, I don't think, I think Tennessee is is just uh, the, they're on a rebuilding path, in my opinion. Now they could be proven wrong and they could turn it around miraculously, but so far what they've shown is is not anything good. That's correct, and it's just a, it's a massive spot for Washington. We'll keep an eye on that game. Bears Vikings, Chris. Vikings minus seven. I believe the total of this game is about forty four. Last time I checked. Yeah, it is 44. The Bears are who we thought they were is what I want to say because I, I had them low and I bet the under six and a half. They got that first win very fraudulently and then they got then the Texans beat themselves. Um, my number's bigger than this, Chris. It has the Vikings winning by double digits. I'm going to wait to see you talk me off of it and see if you have anything nice to say about my Bears. Um, I, I'm just shocked that they have wins. I, I mean, it's amazing. I, I saw a statistic that there are, are receivers that have more catches than Fields has completions. That's probably true, especially yeah, so when you look at Cooper Cup or somebody, you know. <laughs> so, you know, they're trying to baby this guy, and 
I think they're babying him too much, uh, frankly. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they, they have yet to allow him to throw deep uh, and uh, take risks. And I think you need to, you know, grow from those risks, uh, frankly. I, I've got nothing in this game. I, I think Minnesota's been a little bit of a disappointment. They're coming back from London. Um, surprisingly enough, they're, they're, uh, uh, their defense is about equal to their offense. Their defense last year was really, really bad. And it's playing better this year. So just something to, you know, make a note of and, and, and notice. Uh, you know, it's still not a great defense. Don't get me wrong, but uh, um, it, it's much better than last year's. While their offense is is certainly underachieving, I predicted that they'd be the number one uh, or number two offense in the league, and they're not remotely close yet. So, I, I nothing in this game. I can't play this game. Well, that Eagles game really threw them off in the metrics. I mean. If you take away that game, they're probably a bit higher on offense than 13th in EPA, for example. 22nd in EPA on defense, Chris. And I agree that I thought their defense would be better. But the Bears are so bad that I, they could completely get shut out, in my opinion, because their offensive line can't block anybody. And they now lost Cody White here, possibly for this game, which is their best offensive lineman. So their offensive line is terrible, and they just lost their best guy. So think of that. Um, I think Fields is going to be running for his life. Uh, I think that when, uh, Kirk Cousins very good at home, and this could be just a walk-away game for them. Uh, probably still reeling from the Lions' loss. I don't love the big travel to London, but hey, like you've always said, man, travel's gotten a lot easier on these guys over the years. So yeah, I, you know, that's one of the things I'm noticing. Uh, God, I've heard some really bad content uh, this week. Uh, just shaking my head at uh, the stuff that people are focusing on. And if you think a trip to London, which is about the same distance uh, as it is from Seattle to Miami, uh, these people fly in comfort for gosh sakes, you know, uh, uh, I love traveling. There's, there's. If you don't have to deal with the hassles of, of uh, a lot of different things that they don't have to deal with as far as logistics, and 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 all you got to do is get on a plane and go to a hotel. That's not hard at all. No. Especially <laughs> when you're away from your kids screaming at you. It's not the worst thing in the world. It, it might even be a benefit that they get to watch a, a couple movies on the way home and play some cards with their buddies. That's. Uh, very true. I, I'm laying the points with uh, the Vikings at seven. I think it's way too short. Let's move on to the Browns versus the Chargers, Chris. Dang it. I'm seeing two and a half here. Plus 100, minus 110, minus 105. The, I mean, I took three, and I, and I wanted to give this away as a play, but I can't really give it away as a play right now at two and a half that it's painted all over the place. Uh, I have a nice write-up even prepared here. Um, but what I want to say anyway is the Chargers shouldn't be laying road, road chalk against a, a, an average team. I don't have the Chargers that much higher than average um, at all. I think they're very injured. I, I think the Browns last week were a little bit of a fraudulent score. They did outgain the Falcons by 70 yards. They just uh, – I think people over-adjusted for that loss. And – 
they might get Miles Garrett back that was in that car accident, a couple other guys as well. But the biggest thing for me is the Browns have a, a bad weakness against the run, but the Chargers have that weakness on offense, only ranking 27th in rush EPA at only 2.7 yards per rush. The Chargers give up 5.4 yards per rushing attempt. And I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunters is just going to run all over them. They're going to control the time of possession. They're going to run down their throats. They're not going to let Herbert play the game. I think the Browns win outright. But, you know, at two and a half, I don't like it as much as three. But that's, that was the play I was going to give out at the three for a 2.5 stars. What are your thoughts? I like the Browns all the way down to pick. Um, the I, I They've got to be pissed. They really should have been coming out of this first quartile three and one or four and oh, and they're only two and two. And the Chargers are kind of in the same boat. Uh, you know, they, they're, they've got their team put together with duct tape and spit, and they're underachieving. Uh, they don't look anywhere close to the elite team that people thought that they would be this year. And uh, all my metrics uh, support that. Uh, uh, their defense is, uh, you know, bottom third of the league. And even their offense, which was certainly expected to be top three, uh, isn't sniffing the top 10. So uh, I have Cleveland as mediocre as they played, rated higher offensively and defensively uh, to, than the Chargers. Uh, I cannot figure out, as, and, you, and you kind of inferred it, they're an average team at this point. Uh, how can they be laying points on the road to anybody? Uh, you know, let alone Cleveland, who may technically end up being the better team by the end of the season. Uh, they they have a lot of tools. They've been fighting these injuries. They might get some people back this week. Uh, but if you can just get adequate quarterback play, uh, you know, the Browns can play with any team, frankly. They have underachieved a little bit, but they can play. They have the players. Interesting stuff. I'm glad that we have some agreement on that. Um, I, it's Browns all the way for me as well. I suppose the 2.5 is safe. Maybe you can get a three again if you wait a little bit. This will be a big teaser play if it sticks at two and a half anyway for uh, most betters. Let's move on to the Niners versus the Panthers, Chris. And here's my problem. If I give the Panthers a home field advantage – my number's about six and a half. If I give them no home field advantage, I have the Niners favored by roughly eight. So um, do I not give them a home field advantage? Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the Panthers uh, Niners? Um, Niners short week, so that's one thing. Yeah, that's that's not a. Uh, I'm I'm glad uh, I don't have to play this game. Frankly, uh, I, I do show that the line is short. Um, you know, I, I think rule is going to be very lucky to make it to the bye week. Uh, and they've got a lot of tough games ahead of them. The boo birds are out. Mayfield is, you know, throwing pop-ups and, uh, sailing passes, uh, past his receivers. He isn't even playing adequate. Uh, they're another example of where I'm wrong. I thought he would fit in nicely there. I thought he would be a bargain. Uh, and they're calling for Darnold, you know, if you can believe that. McCaffrey's dinged up once again, and they weren't even using him much. Uh, we kind of thought that that was a, an intentional strategy. It was probably because he was injured all along. Uh, 
so I, I can't get behind Carolina and uh, off a short week and a big win. Uh, it's a potential flat spot for the 49ers. So it, it's a, it's a game to just kind of keep your eyes on. Uh, the total seems, I don't know, you know, San Francisco could roll all over them. So uh, I'm not so sure about that low total. Steve's got a question. How's Baker still in the league? Well, because he came from Lincoln Riley's system. If he didn't come from Lincoln Riley's system, he wouldn't even been drafted into the NFL, possibly. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Baker is still pre- perceived by a lot of people as a starting quarterback. He hasn't been a starting quarterback in my numbers for a long time. But um, I'm really happy you laid four and a half with the Niners. That's a fantastic number there, Steve. You know, at six and a half, it's uh, heads Carolina, tails California, like the song is. I don't have an opinion on that myself let's move on to the next one uh cowboys rams this was four and a half earlier now it's five and a half some rams love came in but it's still not at the key, more key number of six i i was kind of hoping it would dip lower chris i've had my eye on this game the rams have owned the cowboys now the cowboys don't have their quarterback the rams should be reeling from that loss against the Niners last week. You can say short week, but it's short week doesn't matter that much to me when they're coming off a loss. Uh, the Cowboys have a, a a good defense, but it's not good against this coach for some reason and Sean McVay. So my numbers on this game are about six and a half. Probably should be a little bit more, but what are your thoughts on it? Oh, I think it's interesting. It's a, it's a look ahead game for Dallas. They've got Philadelphia on deck. I, you know, I heard somebody uh, somewhere say that, uh, uh, you know, this is a huge matchup and uh, they're going to be thinking ahead and boy, I, I wasn't buying that analysis. Uh, I just don't think that, that happens uh, like it did in the era where you and I grew up, uh, uh, you know, the horse and buggy, but, the, you know, so you've got the look ahead spot. You've got the backup quarterback who's, you know, doing pretty well. Uh, their defense is holding up nicely. Uh, I think Dallas is live to win the division. Uh, certainly can't hand it, hand it to uh, Philadelphia. Um, the Rams are underachieving so far. Their metrics don't look that great. Oh, they're terrible. My numbers are terrible on them. Yeah, the numbers are, uh, are are pretty dire, frankly, and uh, it, it, it's this is the one team uh, I, I argued all last week with people that thought I was off my rocker to like San Francisco. So it, it's odd that you have professionals so far apart where we both thought the same thing last week. Like, how can you like the Rams? And they're like, how can you like San Francisco? This is ridiculous. This is easy. Chris, and, I uh, last week. You, you just never get arguments like that, um, I, which I find odd and curious. I don't dismiss it. I want to know why. You know, I, somebody else on Telegram this morning uh, was pumping up the Rams and I wanted him to support it. You know, what, where, what, 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 what are you seeing here? Uh, that they're, you know, a quality team. This is a difficult situation for Dallas to come into on the road. As you mentioned, uh, some uh, dubious history in the past uh, in this matchup with the coaching. Uh, Look ahead game. Rams, you know, they need a win. Bad loss, short week. 
A uh, lot of variables in this game. I think it's going to be a hell of a game to watch. I'm looking forward to watching it uh, uh, for sure. Well, I would have went three, one, and one in my contest last week instead of two, two, and one if I didn't panic and switch the Niners, which I bet the Niners early in the week. And I just, I was just like the Niners left tackle, Trent Williams, and just hearing all this noise from sharp people like you have on the Rams. And I, instead, I uh, got a big L on that one because I, I also teased the Rams. So I sat here, sitting here with both sides, like, why did I even do this? I could have just stuck with my guns on the Niners and not took a couple extra losses that I did. So I was very frustrated with myself on that one. Uh, Jimmy G, I was also a little worried about because he looked so bad against uh, the uh, uh, Denver Broncos. But that's life. Let's move on to the Eagles versus the Cardinals. Now, this was six. It's down to five and a half and five in some books, Chris. Um, this game is frustrating to me because the Cardinals have that guy. And uh, he could, I feel like he could win any game. And he could lose any game, too, with Murray. You know, um, the total on this game is a high total at 48 and a half. You figure the Eagles are going to have a flat spot. If it wasn't for those uh, those turnovers, the Eagles lost that game against Jacksonville last week. If it wasn't for all those turnovers. It's just they, they, there's got to be a point where they regress. I am not high on the Cardinals roster minus maybe maybe J.J. Watt, but mostly Kyler Murray's just kind of getting these guys to the next level. They're a very backdoor type team. They could be down by 12 backdoria. And uh, that's what worries me a little. I, there's no value on the Eagles to me. What are your thoughts? Um, You know, I hear a lot of people talking regression because there are some teams with some extreme uh, uh, differentiation from what their expectation were, what the expectations of them were. Um, but you can't play that game. It's sort of like trying to step in front of a streak. Uh, you don't know which teams are going to regress and which teams are going to go forward. So you really just have to kind of suck it up and, uh, you know, go with what's happening this year. And, uh, yeah, of course, some of those teams are going to regress, but they're not going to all regress at the same time anyway. So it's not like, uh, and, and regressing team, you know, for Atlanta, you could bet Atlanta this week and they could regress and still cover and you win your bet. So um, you'll see that type of situation throughout each NFL season where, uh, you know, a team or teams are, are winning or losing continuously, but not covering or, or uh, which is kind of nice where you get the best of uh, uh, you get the best of it, so to speak. As far as this matchup goes, the, you know, Murray. The play calling has been atrocious. They traditionally start off very well. So the fact that the Arizona has not started off well is a huge concern. Um, you know, obviously they're playing without Hopkins, uh, but he's not going to be back for uh, three more weeks. I and, and the only time it seems like they're doing anything is in the second halves and on broken plays or Marie creates them. Now, I'm not sure. I, I didn't see how last the last – uh, week's game went, but I know that they look miserable in the first half again. Uh, you know, looking at Philadelphia first half is something that uh, uh, it, that I'm going to definitely consider because Arizona hasn't been showing up in the first half, but they show up in the second half. And 
Uh, the Eagles could, uh, and the Eagles are like the number one team in the league in the first half. They're averaging, uh, last I checked, over 300 yards in the first half, uh, which is more than a handful of teams have for full games. So, I mean, that looks uh, like a you know solid look, uh, first half Eagles. But uh, I'm not sure about what else I'm going to do on that game so far. Chris, I love it. That is fantastic. I didn't think of that. You're right. The Eagles are putting people away in the first half, leaving themselves a little susceptible sometimes, um, or at least not scoring a lot in the second half. And that's where the back door can happen. So I love it. You're going to probably get like a three and a half first three. half. Three. It's you three. Down to three without juice. Oh, let me look here. Yeah, it's just one of those games with a high total too so they're expecting some points here yeah it's it's 315 315 that's that's fair i would i would i would slam that immediately that's a that's a great look in my opinion fantastic look good find chris let's move on to a game that you and i might differ on baltimore hosting the bengals it's to three baltimore's got a little minus 115 next to it in most of the books minus 117 and some Kind of tells you that the market thinks Baltimore's a bit better than the Ray, uh, Bengals. I tend to differ a little bit on that, but what are your thoughts? Um, Baltimore is a concern of mine because I had them uh, for to win the division, and they're tied, and they shouldn't be tied. So a uh, little frustrating for me there that there seems to be some chinks in the armor with some injuries and and not being able to hold leads and another major concern is Harbaugh is making bad decisions in multiple games he has no clock management skills uh i don't know what he's doing sometimes uh, he's been in the league too long to be making these rudimentary mistakes frankly um so that's a concern there. Uh, I, you know what? I, I don't have, I think I have, uh, where'd this game go? Uh, I'm blind. Yeah. I mean, I had this at uh, just under three, not enough for me to play the game. I'm not a believer in Cincinnati. They've got a horrible schedule ahead of them. They've got a lot of primetime games, which just, you know, disrupts the flow of what the teams need to do. Um, their offense is, is wow, <laughs> it is much lower than anybody would anticipate. Uh, and uh, the defense is performing uh, okay, though. So their defense is, is okay. Their offense is a disaster so far. They've got to, you know, correct that. And uh, I, I'm just rooting for a Baltimore win here. I'm, I'm not going to invest any money in this particular game. I just don't see any value. I think there's just a little bit of uncertainty. But uh, I, I think Baltimore will take care of business here. I took the three and a half early on Cincy, and now it's three. To be honest with you, I bet Baltimore to win the division. I bet Lamar for MVP, and I think Lamar is having an MVP season. But when Baltimore's healthy, I probably put Baltimore a little bit better of a team than Cincy, but I, I think Baltimore's more banged up than them. So I have Cincy by a little bit more just at this moment here. But I like Baltimore to win the division because they have the way easier schedule. Cincy's got a first place schedule, Baltimore doesn't. So that's kind of how the math went for me in that. Yeah. But it, it, as far as this uh, 
matchups concerned, Baltimore's keys to success is running the ball. And the Bengals kind of figured out Lamar in their running game the last two games last year, only allowing 114 total rushing yards and 115 the very next game. And then Lamar was in some weird situations and threw some picks. Um, Bengals, where they can beat the Ravens is that they rank eighth in passing yards. Uh, but Baltimore ranks dead last long 315. But I will say Baltimore's had the harder schedule. I don't know what the hell that Steelers performance was the first game, Chris. I think it was because they just signed those offensive linemen and they weren't gelling yet for, for the Bengals. So, so I think that was a big part of it. But I'm happy with my three and uh, my three and a half, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, the Bengals, it's gonna be a very close game, and I think the Bengals could steal this one. This was my other play that I'm gonna uh, give out at, at the three, but I would also wait on this because I think you're gonna get a three and a half. So why don't you guys wait if you like what I'm saying here? If you like what Chris is saying, which we have a little disagreement, then um, you might want to take. A, uh, I, I guess well, Chris is not taking it at the three, but. Um, that's that's the way he leans. So, um, yeah, you know, the three and a half, you know, if I, I, I you know, I, you know, it's one of those games. It's sort of like the Baltimore Buffalo game last week. You, you can't fault uh, anybody for taking minus three or plus three and a half in this situation. Uh, um, th- this game should be close. Yeah, it should be close. It's going to be it could come down to the end. It, I doubt you're going to see a blowout like you did last year. Let's move on to the. Raiders versus Chiefs, the last game, Chris, and I'm going to make this easy. The Chiefs own the Raiders. Uh, it doesn't matter what you saw last week. Just forget about it. The, the Raiders crumble. Derek Carr crumbles when he plays the Chiefs. The, the Chiefs Raiders beat him last year. I don't think so. I think they did in Kansas City, didn't they? No, no. I remember I bet the Raiders got my ass kicked on that one. So, no, the Kansas City beat them. Uh, last year, it, they, maybe they won the first game. I, I, I remember the one. In yeah, no, the first game, I thought. Kansas City's defense is better than it was last year to me. I have ranked higher. I have kept Kansas City as a better team. I didn't think they missed a beat when they lost Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes is swinging the ball around. I don't trust McDaniel to stop, stop Kelsey. They had their big game after the big lecture last week, beating the Broncos the way they did. I'm teasing it, though. I'm not betting the seven. It's going to be it's seven and a half in a book two right now. I'm teasing it down to one. You can I think it's going to close seven and a half if you do like the Raiders. But this is a, a teaser that I'm going to play with the Commanders, teasing the Commanders to plus uh, eight and a half, which is an ugly one. But like I said, the Titans are not a good team either. So um, that's going to be my teaser: uh, Kansas City and the Commanders for two stars. Chris, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm not wild about that Washington end uh, leg because, uh, you know, Tennessee put up a lot of points last week, and uh, they, they, they're going to use any opportunity they can to run up the score on teams. And, and Washington may be potentially in a give-up spot. Uh, we don't know yet. So just kind of a – it just seems like a more variance with that game. Uh, as far as the Kansas City side, uh, I think that that's pretty good. Well, here's the thing, and here's the thing. I could have used the Vikings, but that I already I already played the Vikings, so I didn't want to be double exposed on that one. Now, uh, Steve said Packers and Bucks. Um, I, I I think the Packers and Bucks are great teaser legs too. I just chose the Commanders because of the spot. I feel like 
Ron Rivera needs to kind of save his ass a little bit, and so does Carson Wentz. Uh, you'll you'll you might even see the next quarterback come in if they're getting beat pretty bad. And Heineke, which I think is better than Wentz this game, that this is a do or die spot for the Commanders, and it's more of a spot tease. But I understand what Chris says; they are a terrible team. But I just don't have the Titans that big. I have no problem if you use the the Tampa Bay Bucks or the Green Bay Packers, as long as you're getting under the three in the teaser. Fair enough. No, yeah, no, I. I um... The, the Packers, well, Jesus. There's something wrong with those Packers. Uh, there's something wrong with Tampa, too. I mean, they'll probably both cover the teaser. I, I picked Tampa because they lost two in a row here, and I just expect a massive effort a, a little bit before I play the Packers, which something, something they're just a little erratic. Um, Rogers throwing a pick six last week. What the hell was that? That's just completely uncharacteristic of – of Rogers, something's weird there too. So yeah, but you know what? He needs to do that. He's 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 cost himself. He's cost Green Bay wins over recent seasons because he doesn't want to. You know, he doesn't want the interceptions, and he's got to take risks. Uh, and he and he's starting to do a little bit of that this season. So that's a good thing, actually. That is a good thing. Well, Chris, we're out of time, my man. Thank you so much for coming on and discussing the NFL package with me while I am uh, unfortunately drinking beer in Mexico on a beach and, uh, you know, going fishing, deep sea fishing tomorrow. So I'm sure you feel sorry for me. Yeah. And I'm sorry for being distracted. I've been betting. I'm betting that uh, that uh, Arizona for, or the Philadelphia first half. That's wonderful. So that was uh, you said Philadelphia first half. And I think you laid seven on another one, right? Was that the uh, Vikings or was that Jacksonville? And I like Cleveland. And uh, okay, uh, it, it's going to be an interesting week. I, 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 what I find remarkable is smart people, uh, visible people are on opposite sides of what I know I'm going to be on this week. And uh, um, I'm very confident in my numbers overall. So it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, All right. Well, make sure you guys check out Las Vegas, Chris. One of the best out there and when he's got a disagreement with you it's you better pay attention and dig a little deeper thanks again chris for coming on yeah screw you and your vacation <laughs> i'll have a beer for you later all right my friends now i'm going to get into a little college football here to finish things off so basically it's week six and i dug deep a little bit i have a few plays for you i'm going to start out with utah versus ucla Plus four and a half. UCLA, a home dog. The total on this is 65. This is probably the best game in the Pac-12. With apologies to USC. Um, UC, UCLA took care of Washington last week pretty pretty substantially, I thought. And people were low on UCLA because of the South Alabama game. But we found out South Alabama is a pretty dang good team. What I will say is that Utah, if you watch them play football, it seems like they're way better at home. Now, they do cover on the road, too, but they're usually a dog on the road when this has happened. They're, lay, they're laying road chalk. Chip Kelly's a great coach for uh, UCLA. Um, You've got to love the fact that UCLA is a positive 2.4 net yards per play to Utah at 1.78. I think UCLA's defense has gotten better. I think they were able to shut down Washington last week easily. And uh, I think that they can score with Utah. Now, the thing is, is that let's say you're down by seven points. 
let's say you're down by 12 points, 10 points, 13, whatever. Um, the back door is going to be open through the fourth quarter. You know, you can see a field goal happen and then, you know, possibly a touchdown to get back in this game for UCLA once Utah goes in the prevent. So even if UCLA is not really winning, I think you have a good shot at covering. But here's another thing. I think UCLA could be leading this game. This could be a point where Utah's got to come back because Utah's got a big look-ahead spot to USC for their next game. So I like UCLA plus the points, plus four and a half for two stars. Kansas State versus Iowa State plus two. This is one heck of a low total, if you ask me. Um, 45 points, seriously? Yeah, I'd say that's low. Um, Kansas State was really disrespected, I think, this year after that two-lane loss. They're much better than that. It was a flat spot. Iowa State struggled mightily versus Kansas. And I was on Kansas all year, as you know. But Kansas is a still a little bit above average team. They are not with the TCUs, which you see that spread all the way up to seven now. They are not with the Texases quite yet. But Iowa State isn't either. And seeing Iowa State struggle with Kansas, I don't care about their big Ohio win. They beat a fraudulent Iowa team that has no offense whatsoever. It was kind of that big spot. They finally won at the end of that game. The sack margin for the Wildcats is plus seven. I mean, it's massive. Their trenches are better than Iowa State's. Uh, they also have better red zone success rate. When Kansas State gets in the red zone, the coaching really plays. And uh, they have the better red zone on defense and offense than Iowa State. So I just think laying a short road favorite of Kansas State minus two it, it, it is fair. I don't think Iowa State's a great team yet. I think this is a rebuilding year for them. Kansas State uh, is going to make a run at the Big 12 championship, lay the two for two stars. Uh, Wisconsin versus Northwestern. Now, you know I'm a Badger fan. This is Northwestern plus 10 at home, 44 and a half. Are you kidding me? After what we saw with the Wisconsin Badgers, you really are going to give them a road chalk against Northwestern, the team that always plays them tough? I mean, you think about the coaching spot, which usually promotes a play when a coach gets fired, the rest of the team steps up. They're usually a dog when that happens. The coach got fired, and they are a massive favorite against Northwestern. NU has been bad this year, but they at least beat Nebraska – they uh, was they they will be able to control it at home. I think a little bit better because Wisconsin, they can't get margin unless they're rushing the football. Um, Northwestern's defense, the only thing that's good about it, is really their rush uh, against the run. Four point two five yards per rush is what they're stopping opponents to. Well, the Badgers had a whole net plus two rushing yards against Illinois last week. Now they're laying ten points on the road. Um, the last five matchups, Northwestern's 4-1 and one against the spread. Their last two against Wisconsin at home, they won outright. What is Wisconsin doing laying this way? But take Northwestern. In Wisconsin, if they're behind, their pass EPA is 131st. That's worse than FIU. That's worse than New Mexico State, UMass. Their pass EPA is dead last. Wisconsin can't catch anybody. This is a stupid line. Lay the or take the plus 10 for two stars with Northwestern. This is almost too easy. Finally, North Carolina versus Miami. Miami's minus four, total 65 and a half. 
after the performance against Middle Tennessee State, I mean, Miami, you would think is a big get-up spot, but why are they laying four points against North Carolina? The Hurricanes haven't played anybody except for Texas A&M, and they played themselves out of that game, too. And we saw how good Texas A&M's been lately after getting destroyed against Mississippi State. This is a big mismatch here for the pass. The Canes can't stop the pass. They rank 95th in opponent pass EPA, while North Carolina ranks 8th in pass EPA. They should be able to throw all over this Hurricanes team, even though it's in Miami. Miami's strength of schedule is 114th out of 131 teams, and they're still a net negative 0.34 yards per play, minus 0.34. That's horrible. You have that schedule, and you're not even positive yards per play. North Carolina's strength of schedule is 84, not that much higher, I guess, but they at least have a 1.28 net yards per play. The wrong team is favored here. I love the Tar Heels to win outright. Take the plus four. Make sure you sprinkle that money line. We're going to give some sharp action out a little bit later via article at the odds breaker. So we're not doing the sharp side of the force today, but be uh, checking your email for our sharp sides. We're just going to talk about the biggest sharp sides on college as well as the NFL when the article comes out. Just don't have time to do it today. Got to get back with the family on vacation, my friends. I hope you enjoyed the show that I was able to put together for you today. Thanks for bearing with us. Uh, you guys are the best out there. If you love this podcast, please give us a five-star review. It really helps the algorithm on uh, wherever you listen, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, any place that you can get the Oddsbreakers. If you have any questions, feel free to tweet us at the Oddsbreakers. Email us at info at the Oddsbreakers.com. My friend, enjoy the rest of the week and go get those.